Okay, uh, good morning. Let's start. Today's uh, shir is Lilu Nishmas Tfi Ben Moshe and Chaim Ben Avri Yaina HaKahel. The, we're going to go, it's, today's daf is daf nun test, 59. I'm going to go from the last thin line at the top of the page. It starts for Alazayos, for Alazot. So the Gemara says, um, My Zot, what is Zot? So Amar Avkatina, Gohar Avkatina says it's an earthquake. And then it relates to the incident. Now we're going to go discuss what's the spiritual background, let's call it, to the fault in our world that there's this concept of uh, earthquakes. Again, it doesn't mean this is literally the cause and if not for this, there wouldn't be, but there's like, by the fact that there's potential, one of the ways of explaining it is by the fact that there's potential for certain types of uh, mishaps, calamities, sins in this world, there's an underlying almost fault in it. So he says, Rav Ketina was traveling. When he was by the house of this necromancer. I'm not sure if it's the gene- a generic term for a necromancer or if it was a specific one. But Abu Tamya. The earth uh, shattered, rumbled. Do you think Abu Tamya knows the reason behind this earth, earth tremor? So Ram Kala. The, the necromancer raised his voice and he shouted, Ketina, Ketina, Milo, Yatana, you don't know. When Hashem remembers his, this, his children um, live, uh, living in suffering amongst the nations of the world, two tears drip into the great ocean. And the sound is heard from one end of the world to the other. And that's what causes an earth tremor. So again, it's when Hashem remembers that B'nai Yisrael are suffering in Golos and not uh, settled in the land. He, two tears, he cries two tears. I'm on the fifth line of the fifth wide line of Nun Tesam with Allah 59a. Fifth wide line. Amr Avketina, Abu Tamya, Kadivu, Umilei Kadevim. Kadivim. Abba, he says this necromancer is a liar and his words are false. Because if that's the case, if it was from two tears, there should be an earth tremor followed by an earth tremor. But interesting enough, that's not true. That was one earth tremor followed by the other, other, other tremor. So why did Rav Katina deny the um, Abba Timia's explanation? Abba Timia says, and the reason that he didn't admit to what he was saying because he didn't want the world people to stray after him. Ah, if he said, oh, that's a brilliant point you're saying, or your explanation is true, then people will take, give weight to everything this necromancer says. He'll gather a following, and it's uh, Kishuf. It's one of the Isurim in the Torah, so he wanted to uh, dismiss it. Rav Ketina did Rav Ketina gave his own explanation. Sofe Kapov Shenemar Hashem claps his hands. And we'll see why he claps his hands. Shenemar, as the Apostle says, V'gamani kapai I will clap my hands together and it will uh, calm me down. So it's the sign of Hashem's anger. Rabbi Nosan, Oim Rabbi Nosan says, Encha misanech. It's Hashem sighing. Shenemar v'hanichoisi chamazbom v'hinachtami. And I will sigh from my anger and I will be consoled or calm down and I will calm down. Rabbon and Omri Rabbon give a different explanation. It's Boat Barakia, it's Hashem kicking in the kicking uh, kicking the 
Rokia, the sky. Shenemar, as it says, Heidad Kedorchim Yane. He shouts Heidad like the those who trample on grapes. El Kol against all those who dwell in the land. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov, Amir Rav Yaakov Bar Yaakov gives a different explanation. Says Doichei Kes Raglov Tachas Kisa Akovot. He's uh, pressing out his feet beneath the throne. Shenemar, as it says. The heavens is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. So Hashem's pushing on the earth, and that's what causes these, the, the earth tremors. Very interesting. It seems that, firstly, we have to remember that, obviously, it's not literal. Hashem doesn't have tears. Hashem doesn't clap. He doesn't kick His feet into earth. But again, I think it's that idea that we've got to remember that we use these metaphors to underlie... Um, Again, natural phenomena in the world. Not that they were there, but what, what thoughts are they supposed to trigger? What, what do they allude to? Um, and a lot of these are to do with Hashem's anger and uh, pain, to do with this, that B'nai Yisrael are in Golos and, uh, Golos and, not, and, and suffering. Again, it's often our own fault, so some of the aspects are more the focus on the sin and some are just the precarious, difficult um, suffering um, situation we're in. Yeah. Next bracha. So we now go on to, uh, again, the Mishnah gave a whole list of brachas. You say it says, Thunder. Again, we mentioned the bracha on Thunder. We'll, thunder we'll see at the bottom of the page. What, what is the source? What, what causes Thunder. So Amar Shmuel, Anane Begilgala, Shmuel says it's clouds crashing into each other. Shneemar, it says, Kol Ramoch Begilgal, as the, the sound of the thunder, as there's a whirlwind. He'iru Burakim Tavel, and the thun, lightning lights up the earth. Rogs of Etira Sha'aretz, the earth trembles and shakes. Verabon and Ovi, Rabbonin give a different source for thunder. He says, Anane Deshofchi Maya Lahadadi, when the Clouds pour water from one into the other. Shneemar it says, "Lekoltitu hamon mayim." This bashomayim. There's this in the heavens. There's a sound of of lots of water being placed. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov, Amar Rav Acha Bar Yaakov gives a different explanation. He says, "Omar broka tekifa de barik banana yimitvarik yizid de barza." It's the sound of um, light, strong lightning breaking the hailstones. And Rav Ashi Omar anane chul chale mechal chale. Ravashi says, no, the clouds are hollow, and it's when the wind blows across their mouth. Like when you blow air across the top of a, of a, of a bottle. It says, Rav Acha Bar Yaakov is most logical. Remember, Achaba Yaakov was the one who said it's the lightning breaking, striking and breaking the hailstones, the ass into little hailstones. Why? Because we first see the lightning flash and then we hear the clouds rumble and then the rain comes. Okay, again, I'm not sure what the symbolism of what they're searching for and what these uh, symbols represent. I don't think they literally, I don't think they're necessarily discussing the scientific cause. Maybe it is. Maybe it is what they assumed it is. Sounds pretty scientific, but again, I'm not sure if that's what I'm not sure if that's what they're coming to discuss. What scientifically is the reason behind? I think maybe they were, but it doesn't seem like that. Okay, and on strong, well, literally winds. It says my ruchos. What what winds do you say a brach on? So Amarav either like gale force winds or a very strong storm winds. For Amarabaya, Gemiri de Zafa, 
We also have a tradition that there won't be these storm winds at night. Um, the Marsha explains it's a kindness of Hashem. It's much harder to prepare yourself and um, get safe and set up preventative measures with your property and stuff when uh, at night. And therefore, it doesn't start at night. But we see these storms that blow, these storm winds that blow at night. So he says that. That's only when they started during the day. We have a tradition that these storms will never stretch for longer than two hours. To fulfill the pasuk, that um, sorrow will never be twofold. It won't be two hours long. But sometimes, but we see these storms last longer than two hours. What do you mean they don't go for two hours? It's no domestic bani bani. That's where there's pauses in between. I guess as soon as the storm lets up for a moment, well then you get another one hour, one and a half hours, and then the storm lets up for a moment, get another one and a half hours, um, something like that. Um, just regarding the halacha, I think the Mishnah says it's hard to define what's considered a strong wind. So if it is a strong wind then we would say the bracha, but without shame or malchus. So, what's it? Shekoichel gvrosa malion. You wouldn't say baruch atu Hashem elokeinu melech olam, unless it's like a real, real, I guess, a tornado or a hurricane. But on any strong wind, there's a good chance you could, if it's, or I guess, awe-inspiring, even just to a certain degree, then you can say the bracha without shame or malchus. So you'd just say baruch shekoichel gvrosa mole olam. Va'ala brokim. On lightning, you say whose uh, strength and power fill the world. My brokim. What do we mean when we say lightning in plural? So Amarov a broker, even just one lightning bolt. I don't have to see multiple lightnings. You know, like those. Once in a while, you see like a lightning with many branches or something like that. No, it just has to be one lightning bolt, and you can say the broker. Amarov broker yichido. If you see a single lightning bolt, or broker hero, or a white one, or broker yurukosa, or a greenish one, but ananei desalki bekerin marovis, for asim bekerin dromis, or clouds that come on from the western corner, or they rise from, or they come in from the southern corner, tarti vetarti ananei desalkin chadel apechaverto, two clouds that rise opposite each other, kulukashin, they're all a bad sign. It's all going to be, it's going to be very harsh. Very severe. Says Laman Afkimina, what difference does it make? You can't stop these clouds or these lightning anyway. So he says, No, Liboy Rachme to Davin. You see something bad's gonna happen, you Davin. This is all where this is happening at night. If it happens in the morning, it's insignificant. You telling me that these clouds have no uh, that happen, if you see any of these signs in the morning, including what the things, clouds in the morning, it's insignificant. As it's written, Sorry, I mis-explained this. The clouds in the morning have no significance. As it's written, Your kindness is like clouds in the morning. I, you don't have to worry about clouds in the morning. When you see, when you open your door in the morning and you see it's going to rain, donkey drivers, you might as well fold up your sacks and go to sleep on them. Um, Rashi explains that donkey drivers used to transport the grain to where different cities or different villages needed it. 
if they if you see this this clouds and that it's going to rain in the morning, they might as well not bother because the harvests are going to be so plentiful it won't be financially worthwhile to transport grain because there'll be so much. So he's saying, so you know, you wake up in the morning and you see it's okay, overcast like today, you might as well fold out your, go, you might as well go back to sleep. There's no point in, uh, the, the rain's going to be very abundant and it's going to be a very successful harvest. But that goes directly against what we just said, that clouds in the morning are insignificant. It says, No, it depends. If it's the clouds, if it's very overcast, they're thick clouds, then it's going to rain. A good rain. And however, where it's uh, thin clouds, wispy clouds, then you don't have to worry. Then it's insignificant. Why was thunder created? To straighten the heart of the crooked. Hashem did these things so that we fear before Him. Again, not that if everyone is straight and upright that there won't be uh, thunder, but to when you hear thunder and it's, oh, that's a little bit scary, that's a little bit terrifying, you must take it as a Musar lesson. Oh, Hashem is powerful, I must serve Hashem better. If you see a rainbow in the clouds, you must bow. Like the vision of a rainbow in the clouds. I saw it and I fell on my face. There in Yechezkel, it mentions that Hashem, it was like the glory of Hashem. So the rainbow either represents or there's an aspect of Hashem Shechina um, present that you see when you see a rainbow and therefore you should bow down before it. Light to Obama In Eretz Yisrael they curse someone who did this. Mishum Demetri commanded Sogi Lekoshosa because it looks like you're bowing to the rainbow. So Chazbat Shalom to see a rainbow and bow down to it. Granted they might, it might have a aspect that looks like the Shechina or the Shechina is there. Don't bow down to it. Aval Bruchi Vareh but you definitely say a Brocha. My Mavarech what Brocha do you say? Boruch Zoycher Habris, blessed is the one who remembers the covenant. But Manisa Tane Rabbi Shmuel Benoish Rabbi Yochanan Ben Broka Omer in a Brisa we taught Rabbi Shmuel taught in the name of Rabbi Yochanan Ben Broka Neeman Bibriso B'chaim B'mamoro. No, the Brocha is Neeman Bibriso B'chaim B'mamoro. Omer Apopet Hilkach Nimiru L'Tavayu. Therefore we say both of them. It would be Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Menachalom Zoycher Habris Neeman Bibriso B'chaim B'mamoro. What do we mean Zoycher Habris remembers the covenant? Because we say that Hashem made the covenant with Noach that he'll never destroy the rainbow, the world again. And therefore when you, when you see a rainbow, you remember that, oh look, Hashem wants to destroy the world, but he's, uh, he's bound by his covenant, he's keeping his covenant with us and he's not going to destroy it. Again, big Musar. So you've heard the famous thing, you mustn't look at a rainbow, you mustn't uh, point out a rainbow to other people. So those are discussed in halacha, they're not uh, myths. Various reasons, one is, as we said, it's got its uh, symbol of Kavar Hashem, the glory of Hashem, or Hashem Shechin is there. And therefore you shouldn't stare at it. Um, another thing is it's... Uh, um, Let's look at what's the other point. Yeah. Um, 
that uh, it's, it's a bad omen, but most bring to, so maybe don't stare at it. You can definitely look at it to say, Brocha, there's also something, don't point it out to someone else. So some bring hint, but I think you can point it out. Some say you actually should point. There yeah, is the opinion that you shouldn't point out a rainbow because, it, uh, and because it's uh, a bad sign. Others say you should point out the rainbow because it's good Musar. Shem, your act's in line with what they should be. Um, now, the Mishnah basically gave a long list of items, mentioned uh, comets, thunder, lightning, um, strong winds and earthquakes, and said on them you say, and then on, uh, sorry, sorry, yeah, and then on the, and then it gave another list, mountains, hills, oceans, rivers, um, deserts, etc., you say, so the Gemara is going to ask, that implies that the first list is not Oisem Maseberashis, or not creations of Hashem. It says, Are you telling me that everything we've mentioned up until now is not Maseberashis? But it's written, Hashem created the lightning for rain. So Amar Abaya, Abaya says, Join them together and teach it as one long teaching. I teach the whole list with the two brachas. Rava Omar Hosam Tarti. Yeah, so that's Abaya. You can say both to get. You can say both brachas. Oisem Asabreshis and Shekolkol Grasam Olam. Rava comes along and he says no. Hosam Tarti. On the first list, you can say both brachas. Baruch Shekolkol Mole Olam. His power fills the world. And for Oisem Asabreshis, and he made wonders in creation. Hacha. But in the second list. You can't say the, that Hashem's power fills the world. When you see comets, thunder, lightning, storm winds, earthquakes, these uh, terrifying things that remind you of power and are in awe, or fill you with awe, sometimes dread, those are those you can say, and Oseimaseberashis. Um, If it is um, mountains, hills, oceans, and those things you can only say, Oisemaseberatius. That um, we Paskin, that on the first list you, can, you can't say both brochas. Like some say, you can choose one or the other. Regarding thunder and lightning, which are the most relevant and practical and common to us, we say, um, are the. Um, we say uh, we say generally on the thunder and on the lightning. If you and that uh, that's that's the minag. That's what we say. You should say it straight after. Like you shouldn't pause. Some bring uh, the time and say shalom Rebi like two seconds. Should you should say it immediately after hearing the thunder, or immediately after seeing the lightning. So after again, you generally see the lightning first. I guess you would say. Uh, and then when you hear the thunder, you could say, whose power fills the world. No time to take a sitter. Um, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. So, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, If you see the sky in its purity, you say, When is this? When is this? 
says, this is when it's been raining the whole night, and in the morning the wind comes and he clears the sky. So obviously, if there's a clear sky for a few days, you're not going to say the bracha every time you see it, but when it's contrasted with the cloudy sky, and then you see the bright morning sky, that's when you say it. And this argues on Raphram Bar Papa, Amar Abchista, in the name of Abchista, Amar Abraham Bar Papa, Amar Abchista, Miyom Shekora Beis Amidash, Noi Niris Rokia Betahara, Shenemar, from the day the Beis Amigdash was destroyed, the cloud, the sky is never seen in its purity. Shenemar, as the Pesach says, Aldi Shomayim Kaderos, I will clothe the heavens in black, Vesakasim Kesusom, and, the, and their clothes will be sackcloth. Uh, there's a, uh, from the destruction of the Beis Amigdash, there was cert- there's a certain dimension of the sky that is actually dimmer than what it should be. Can't imagine, I guess it's out of our frame of reference, what it would look like, but in theory we wouldn't necessarily, we wouldn't then say this brocha because you never see the sky in its uh, perfection. If someone sees the sun in its original status of creation, I'll, we'll discuss a bit more, or the, sorry, top, top of Daphnuntes, or you see the moon in its power and the stars in their orbits or the planets in their orbits or Mazolos, Kassidron and the Mazolos in order Omer Baruch Oise Bereshish you say Baruch Oise Bereshish the Amos Havu when is the sun in its correct order sorry just before we get there this bracha on the stars and the moon it seems when they line up correctly you can look ask all I saw had a long discussion exactly of the the what's it the astronomy of it that astronomy or astrology, I never remember which one's which. I think it's astrology, the astrology of it. Um, I didn't have time to understand it, but it's when the moon and the constellations line up. Remember, each well, the moon we know circles the earth each month, and the constellations, different months, the constellation is which constellation starts. Obviously, every night there's all the constellations in the sky, they're kind of in an order. And in a way, they also, in a, it looks like they also orbit the earth. So when they're in the same structure and the moon's in the same place as when it, uh, it seems at the time of creation, that's when it happens. Regarding the sun, we don't say that. When is the sun in its correct order? Every 28 years. The Kahodamasor, and then it returns to its original cycle. The Noflot Kufas Nisin Beshabtai, the Nisan equinox turns in the time of uh, Saturn, Shabtai, Beurte de Tlis Nogi Arba on Tuesday night. I, in short, we assume the sun was created at 6 p.m. in the winter equinox, in the Nisan equinox, that's the spring equinox, when the day, is, uh, the day and the night are exactly equal. And that and obviously at 6 p.m. at night. So the next morning when the sun rises, we say the prophet, this is the famous Bircha Sachama that said once every 28 years. I think the next one is in about what's it, two, 2037. Um, that's uh, okay, and there are a few special halachas as the time comes nearer. We can uh, go into those halachas a bit more, but some of them obviously you try to say the bracha as early as possible. There's a few tehillim and other things that they've added on to just saying this bracha, but it's a very it's a special occasion because it's a bracha you get to do once in a while. I think last time it was actually on Erev Pesach. It doesn't necessarily always work out to be Erev Pesach because we know 
the, we primarily follow the lunar, season, uh, the lunar calendar, and this is based on the, the, the solar the solar calendar. So it's always, it will always be around Pesach, generally a little bit before Pesach, because we always adjust that, that Pesach is in spring, near the equinox, but it's not necessarily on or just before Pesach. It goes according to the, to the solar calendar. Try to remember, it's, it's always the same date in the solar calendar. I just don't remember what it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rabbi Huda says, If you see the sea, now all the, the you know, what bracha do you say if you see the sea? So Rabbi Huda says, you say, Big discussion in the poskim. I mentioned this when we are doing the Mishnah. What bracha is this going on? Is this going on the, when you say Ayama Godel, is that the oceans or the Mediterranean? If you see a regular sea, I guess the Caspian Sea or one of these great uh, lakes or sea, inland locked seas, then you definitely say, but Hayama Godel, some learners referring to the oceans, and others learn it's going on the Mediterranean. Shulchan Aruch Paskins, it's going on the Mediterranean. But as far as I remember, we say Sherasoisayama Godel on oceans. I don't know if we don't say it on the Mediterranean, we say Osemasibaratius on the Mediterranean. I think we say Osemasibaratius on the Mediterranean, but we definitely, as far as I remember, say on ocean. So next time you're going to uh, Durban or Cape Town, you can remember the bracha when you see the sea again. If you haven't seen it, as we'll see, that's what you're going to do now. Once in 30 days, then you would say So you say it only intermittently. You can't say it every day. You wake up and you see the sea. You don't say the bracha. Says Ad Kama. How are how far apart? So Amri Bar Abba Amri Biutzak. Rami Bar Abba said, "Name of Yitzchak, Ad Shloishim Yom every thirty days." Va'Amar Rabbi Bar Abba, Amar Yitzchak Haroi. So every thirty days. That's how often. So if you travel to Cape Town and you see the sea, and then you're not there for thirty days, and you see it again, then you can say the bracha. But if you're there within thirty days of each other, you wouldn't say a new bracha. Va'Amar, I guess the novelty of seeing the sea wears off, and the level of uh, in, of being inspired by seeing the sea must be at least that you haven't seen it within 30 days. <coughs> if you see the um, the Euphrates by the bridge, Agishra the Babel by the bridge of Babel, you say Baruch Oisebereshis. Okay? Whenever it says Baruch Oisebereshis, Al Nusach is Baruch Oisebereshis. And now that the They've changed the course of the. Um, <coughs> they've changed the course of the river. Shabur Michael Shabur You can only say the bracha from Shabur and, and higher up the river. Rav Yosef Omar Dekira No, they've changed the course even further. You have to go higher up the river, Dekira, and from Ihi uh, Dekira. If you see the Tigris, Agishra the Shavistana by the bridge of the Bishana, Oime Baruch Oiseberashis. Okay? What's this? This is the bracha we said you say on rivers when you see a river. However, one of the criteria, remember you're saying, what's the, what's the text of the bracha? Osemaseberashis, who created it. So it has to be that the river is flowing in its original course from the time of Beratius. If it's not, if it's being redirected, then you can't say the bracha. So that's one of the important points to remember. It's not every time you see a river, it has to be a major river. 
and it also has to be a river that's flowing in its original course from the time of Bereshit. My Chidekel, what's the meaning of the river Chidekel? That's what we translate as the Tigris. Omar Bashi, Shemaim of Chadin Vakalin, its water is sharp and light. It seems maybe sharp and uh, pure, it doesn't have lots of sediment. Um, my Pras, what's the root of the Euphrates? Shemaim of Parim Veravim, its, its waters are very increase all the time, or others say, um, um, some say lots of fish grow in it, etc., but that's from para pru uravu, parim baravim. V'omar Rava, Rava says, this that we find, the people of Mechuz are very sharp, because they drink the water of the Tigris, as he said, chidokal, that's chadim v'kalin, it makes you sharp. And I'd hide the Gihuri, this that they're quite red, Mishum the Shamshei Biyomama, because they uh, with their wives in the day. But hide the Naidi Anayu, and this that their eyes move about, Mishum the Dairu Bavais Offal, because they live in dark houses. Okay, back to our Mishnah, Alagashomim on rain. What Brochet do you say on rain? So Alagashomim Hatovahmetiv, you say Hatovahmetiv. As we're going to see further down this page, and we're going to discuss it in quite detail, but Hatovahmetiv is generally a Brochet that's good for you and other people. Hatov, it's good for me, Vahamativ, and brings good for others as well. Um, so on rain, you say that Brochet. But Rabbi Avu said, and some say it's actually from a bryson. When do you say the brocha on rain? When the groom goes to meet the bride. They explain this as when there starts to pool or puddles on the ground that it looks like the droplet lands in it and some of the water jumps up. It looks like the chasen and kala going to meet each other. What brocha do you say? Again, this is continuing with the bryson. We thank you, Hashem, for every single drop that comes down for us. Rabbi Yochanan would conclude it as follows. If our lips were filled with shira, like the sea, etc., we still wouldn't be able to praise you, Hashem, until the word tishtachaveh, this is all quote we said in Nishmas on Shabbos, all a quote from there. Baruch Hashem, Rov blessed are you, Hashem, who does most of the most of things that we're thankful for. So Gemara asks, Rav Adas for Lakaladot. What do you mean you thank Hashem for most of the things He's done, but not all of the things He's done? So it's not Omar Rav. Omar Rav Aimak Hokelakados. Rav says it should be Hokelahados, the God that we thank. Omar Rav Papa Hilkat Nimru Litavai. Therefore, say both of them. Rav Adas for Kelahados. Say. Rovados and Kelados. <coughs> when you say them together with in like that, then Rovados doesn't sound like we're thanking him for most of the things, which is a little bit degrading. You should be thanking Hashem for everything. It sounds like you're saying we're thanking Hashem for so much, Rov for so much. So that's why if you say them together, it's fine. But Elokasha, but we have a difficulty. Our Mishnah said the Bracha back to why we brought this price. So what's the Bracha on rain? Is we said you say hatov and now this price says you say this bracha of uh, let's call it, let's call it moidim, but it's moidim anachnoloch. I'll call tipa v'tipa etc. Says no lo kashi hod No, this is where you heard about the rain, and this is where you saw the rain. Where you hear the rain, then you would say hatov If you actually see the rain, then you would say moidim anachnoloch. The shama. 
So the Gemara asks, Oh, the Shoma Mashma Hainu Basaris Tavas, but Tnan Abusaris Tavas Ame Baruch Hatova Matim. says, What do you mean if you hear about the rain, you say Hatova Matim? We mentioned in the next, a few lines later in the Mishnah, that if you hear good news, you say Hatova Matim. So I already know if you hear that it's raining, you would say the Brocha Hatova Matim. It must be both are where you saw the rain. Oh, so then why in our mission does it say you say Hatov HaMetiv and in the price it says you say Moidi Manach Noloch, etc. Here where it's only a little bit, then you thank Hashem for every single drop. And when it's a lot, that's when you'd say the Brach of HaMishnah, Alternatively you can say Both are where it's a significant rain. There's no difficulty. Here it's where he owns land, and here it's where he does not own, own land. Our Mishnah is where you own land, and therefore you say the more significant bracha of Hatov Vamaitiv, who is good, because it's good for you specifically. But if you don't own land, farmland, well then you would say, we thank Hashem for every drop of rain. For hot nine, but we learned in our Mishnah, Bona buys Chodosh for Kono Kainim Chatoshim Oime Barush Echionim Vigionim Lazmanaze. We said that when it's a personal enjoyment, either someone built a new house or they bought new clothes, etc., then you say Shechianu. So, so too, when it rains on your land, you should say Shechianu when it's good for you. Just going to skip the next line. You're right, the difference is whether he owns it in partnership or not. If you own a farm in partnership, then you would say, because it's good for you and good for someone else. If it's your own farm that belongs just to you and it's raining and now you're happy, you say, This is just as we learned in the price. In summary, Al Shelo on something that's just for him who I'm a Baroshech Yon Bikimonu Bikimonu. Al Shelov Al Shel Khaveri, if it's good for him and his friend, I'm a Baruch Hatovamative, you say Hatovahamative. Very interesting, you can start discussing. So on a house you won't necessarily say Sheikh Yanu, you'll say Hatovamative because it's good for you and your wife, you and your family. Um on a suit that's Hatovamative for you. That's sorry, Sheikh Yanu, because that's for you. Even though it's nice for people to see you in a nice suit, the primary enjoyment is the person, the primary benefit of a suit is who wears it, etc. And where... Yeah, sorry. So now the Gomorrah is going to analyze this. Again, we've established the principle that when do you say Atov when it's good for you and someone else, when do you say Sheikh Yanu? When it's a personal enjoyment. You're telling me when there's... Um, when there aren't others with him, he does not say atov ameitiv or hot tanya. We learn to the price. So omru al yoda, omru le yoda ish tozacher. If they tell him your wife gave birth to a male, oime baruch atov ameitiv. You say atov ameitiv. Hosom. So again, that's good for him. He says no. Hosom nami de ike ish to bahadet de neichelay bezacher. It's also beneficial for his wife that he has a son. So therefore, when uh, when they tell you that your wife gave birth to a boy, you can say atov ameitiv because it's good for you and for your wife. The famous question is, what about a girl? So the one answer given is that um, these things, if you've noticed, we've discussed, they're all where there's physical gain, monetary wealth, etc. In the old, in the time of Chazal, the sons would often support their parents in the old age. So for a mother especially, a son has that financial benefit. Whereas a girl doesn't necessarily have it. Is there any bracha you say on the birth of a daughter? So it might not necessarily be this 
good for his mother. So there's a big discussion in the poskim. The Mishnah says you say, but the Mishnah, pardon? The Mishnah says you say Sheikh Yanu. Quite novel. You don't find it in the Rishonim. You don't find it earlier. The Mishnah says you say Sheikh Yanu. And he says it's no worse than we saw earlier. You see a friend you haven't seen in 30 days. You're excited to see them. You're excited to meet your daughter. You say Sheikh Yanu. There's a big discussion. Again, the Poskim aren't so happy because that's a novel idea. Someone who say, what do you mean? Your friend you recognize, your daughter, especially a husband. If they showed you any of the babies in the hospital, he would be able, oh, that's my daughter. And you'd say, uh, Sheikh Yanus. So they want to say, it's not so appropriate. But I don't think, I don't know if that's such a good answer because at the end of the day, it's the joy you feel at meeting your daughter. So you could say Sheikh Yanu. Some even go so far as that the grandparents can also say Sheikh Yanu because it's a very joyous uh, occasion. Um, as I said, Rav Shlomo Zalman says, look, it's a sofake whether you should or not, and it's introduced by the Mishnah Bura, and therefore he doesn't think you should necessarily say it. But I think most uh, poskim I heard in the letter of Shechti used to say, I heard that the Stipler used to say, they all used to say, Sheikh Yanu on the birth of their daughters, a very happy occasion. No, say it with Shem. You could definitely say it without Shem Malchus, but it seems that they would even say it um, with Shem Malchus. It's just an interesting uh, point that it doesn't mention uh, girls at all. I was, I was wondering why can't you just say it's not being specific, but that's always dangerous to say that the Gemara is not being specific. It's saying, okay, if he has a son, who says it's mutually exclu- excluding a girl, but there is a Sephora to say it's only a son, so that's why it would be more difficult to ex- include a girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I heard that Rav Soloveitchik also used to say a brach on the birth of Sheikh Yan on the birth of a daughter. Again, these are largely dependent on Minag. Again, this brach I wouldn't be too stressed about because it's uh, um, it's not brought in the. Re- it's not even brought by any. It seems to be one of the earliest, or not the earliest, but one of the earliest sources is the Mishnah which is relatively recent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, to- back to our discussion. Do we say tova meitiv only when it's good for you and someone else? Maybe I'll show you a source that you can say tova meitiv when it's just personally beneficial. It says aviv al your father, one's father, is niftar and he inherits him. When you hear about it, you say baruch dayana emes and then you say baruch tova meitiv, tova meitiv. Why do you say tova meitiv on the Yerusha? Quite a harsh. I mean, it sounds harsh, but it's just gain. You have financial gain. You say you praise Hashem for it. No, there the only reason you're saying atovah meitiv is because your brothers are also inheriting, so it's good for you and for them. But it seems if it's a single child inheriting, then he would say sheichianu. If someone changes their wine, either they bring another bottle of wine to the table or they switch bottles, they don't say a new bracha, but if they change the place where they're eating, then they would say a new bracha. That's the famous sin, Shinumokam, you must be careful when you're walking outside during a meal, etc. Don't want to go into the complicated halachas of Shinumokam. Most times, for us, they actually don't work out that we do say a new bracha. But if you're sitting at your dining table eating... Uh, something that's like Sha'akol, and you go outside and come back inside, there's a very good chance you have to say a new bracha when you sit down. So keep that in mind. Um, 
but that's Shinu Mokom. I don't want to go into all those halachas. But it says you do say a bracha. But we see on Omar Reb Yosef Bar Abba Omar Reb Yochanan Afal Pisha Omar Shinu Yain Ensarach Lavarich Aval Oime Baruch Atav Meitik. This that you don't say when you get a new bottle of wine. You don't say Shehechi. You don't say the new the bracha again. You don't say Bereipriakofin again. But you do say Atav Meitiv. So Hosam Nami. So again, we see Atav Meitiv just when you get a new bottle of wine. You should should say Shechem. Says no Hosam Nami Deika Bnei Chapura Deshasu Bahare. No, there it's where there are other people drinking with him. I, when he's at a meal with his family or a meal with uh, friends or colleagues, then when they bring a new bottle of wine. Interesting enough, they say when you are eating by yourself and there's a new bottle of wine brought to the table, you don't say Shechianu. Because Shechianu's, um, I don't remember why, but they say you don't say Shechianu. Also, interesting enough, this Brocha Tova interesting one. Big discussion in the Rishonim and the Poskim. When do you say Vatova Some say it has to be a new bottle that you didn't plan on bringing out because if you planned on bringing out then it's covered by the Hagofen so you wouldn't say Atov Ametiv um, another aspect of that's interesting with this broch is it has to be better many hold not everyone some hold it has to be equal to but many hold it has to be better than the one you already said Hagofen on and that's very hard how do you judge what I call a delicious wine you'll call sour what you call a, a delicious wine, I'll call it uh, grape juice. You know, it's very hard to define a good wine. So I know, uh, so as I said, uh, it is the brochat of Amative, which depending which place that you ask will be how quick to tell you. As I said, based primarily, if I remember correctly, based on those two questions, I, is it really a better wine? And it had to be wine that you really didn't plan on bringing out. And as I said, nowadays we're very our nature of eating is that if we need more, we'll go to the cupboard and get it. So in a way, any wine you have in the cupboard is almost uh, included in the meal already. But it, let's say you had a bottle, you're like, no, I'm not going to open it. I'm saving it for Yom Tov, and then you decide to open it. Okay, that's a new bottle. But, in, but based on these two considerations, one is it has to, many all, has to be a bottle of wine that you were not planning on bringing to the meal. Um, and many hold that it has to be better. To meet both those... Uh, Things is very hard, and I know my grandfather said you like basically never say hatova meitiv. Other poskim are more quick and more lenient to say that you do say hatova meitiv when a new bottle is brought to the table. Yeah, um, interestingly, I don't know. Oh, they bring one. One has a one. They, so Tosos asked, why don't we sell on bread? You brought one loaf of bread to the table, and now you bring in another loaf of bread to the table. Why don't you say hatova meitiv then? So there's no one, one has the double factor. Soy do masam chayalev. Don't know if we'd necessarily say that principle by whiskey. Okay.